All Things Black with Garland and Calvin present Fanboys. Fanboys is a weekly breakdown of the sports world from a fan's perspective. Now, here are your hosts, Garland and Calvin. All Things Black presents Fanboys. I'm Calvin, the guy over there that's no longer holding the mic in his hand. They didn't want me to hold the mic, y'all. He, is he was... Garland. I, I mean, it wasn't that I didn't want you to hold it, but he was looking like a contestant <laughs> on Star Search and not the judge. He was looking like an American Idol contestant holding. You know, I needed you to look like Simon Cowell. That was I, utterly ridiculous. Everybody, I, I was like holding the mic for the 50th anniversary of hip hop. I was doing it all for the culture. <laughs> And he was like, look, yo, I got a stand. I'm going to let you get this little stand for a little piece of change. And, uh, you know, you are not uh, in the funky four plus one more or the fearless five. You need to start holding. You need to put down the mic. So here I am, people. I'm not holding the mic today. Yeah, it was almost at a pause moment just now because I almost imitated you holding the mic. And I was just, was, wait, whoa, whoa. As I was thinking about how that would look on camera, I was like, wait a minute, pause. <laughs> he ain't look like that. Glizzy, you know, just Glizzy for y'all, <laughs> yeah, for y'all to know, uh, he was holding the mic down here. And, you know, it was kind of like, you know, it wasn't, he was you know. So Glizzy, Glizzy's. Almost a pause moment. <laughs> hey, for everybody, um, you can catch us. This will be um, on all the podcast platforms. Yes. Um, it's live on YouTube right now. Yes. So you can also watch us on Spotify. You'll get to see our beautiful faces. Yeah, but I've if watched not, it on Spotify. It looks good. good exactly. You get to see mm -hmm. our beautiful faces. But if not, you can just listen to the podcast on all the other platforms. How things going, Garland? Other things than your, new, your newfound stand. Yeah, other than that, things are great, man. You know, um, we're going through, I don't even call it, it's like a minor little heat thing. And the rest of the country, I won't even call it a heat wave because the rest of the country is melting. We just got a little piece of that. Uh, yesterday, I think it was 180. And maybe the day before that, 120. Uh, today is not supposed to be too bad. But um, yeah, man, just making it through that. And uh, last night, went to a nice uh, event for uh, my wife's godmother's retiring from uh, her job. And uh, we had a great event. Right, for right. Her. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was nice. And, and so just chilling, looking forward to a great weekend, uh, trying to figure out what I'm going to do after I finish this. What about yourself? Hey, everything's going well. I got the in-laws coming over today. So I'm be right. grilling out time. and hanging out no with them. No landlord today. And yeah, the in-laws came over. He, they trumped the landlord this weekend. And, you know, I'm going to be in trouble because, you know, the rent is due. It's almost the end of the month. So the rent is due. So one day the oh, landlord is going to come over looking for his money, you know, so. <laughs> he be like, where you live at, John Quill? Oops, I'm sorry. I mean to put that out there. Y'all ain't get the number, though. Look at that. He didn't got there ain't no listen, this is from uh what was the what was the show with on HBO with the police officers? Um and they the wanted John Quill locking locking each other up. The guy the, <laughs> the guy wire? from Walking Dead. Uh, no, not we the own the city. Yeah, we, we own the, the city. So the city. they can come down here if they want to. <laughs> and come down, John Quill. This ain't for the Mika Heart. <laughs> this this Park Heights, y'all. This ain't Bro, for the Mika I, Heart. I forgot. I forgot. I'm like, whoa, I, I grew up around here. My favorite Chinese spot is not too far from your house. It ain't there no more. But I'm like, all right, it's 
definitely a little bit more sketchier than, than it was when I was growing up. We walk outside ready. Before we get outside, we do the Malcolm X look out the window, which, by the way, is not a real photo. It was kind of a made up photo where he, he was looking out the window and holding the gun. Yeah, he, it was, that's it a made was, up it was photo. A, it, it was a staged photo. Uh, I don't even think it was Malcolm X. I think some, not a stage photo. So someone actually just made that photo up. Oh, um, wow. I, I got looking into out a window more. and they put a little, they yeah, put a rifle yeah, on the Yeah, somebody kind of made that photo wow. up. Now, they do show it in the Malcolm X movie with Denzel Washington doing, yeah, yeah, doing it, but the history of it, it's not a real photo. Yeah. Somebody kind of just made that, that photo up. I think I might have had that poster when I was in college, you know, because it was, oh, man, my, it's, yeah, it was Afrocentric time. So I either had that one or I had another Malcolm X poster right next to my um, Women Love Beer poster. So, yeah. Women Love What? Yeah, it was a poster <laughs> of uh, like a half naked woman with a beer. I'm trying to remember what the quote was. But yeah, it, it, that I had a couple posters on my wall a poster of Prince, uh, Malcolm X, this half naked woman uh, drinking a beer, and maybe something else. I can't remember. I had Crush Groove. Uh, Crush Me, which is my favorite movie in the world. Mm -hmm. I had a Michael Jackson Human Nature poster, which he had on the yellow vest and the uh, all white under it. And I had uh -huh. a, um, it wasn't a Janet Jack, uh, Apollonia. I had an Apollonia poster. Yeah, I remember Purple that Rain. Apollonia, like she's up against a tree or something. Yep, that's yeah, it. Purple yeah, Rain, yeah. by the way, is mm -hmm. my second favorite movie of all time. And just talk about favorite movies. fun fact. Bringing it up. Oh, you know what? Then let me, let me, then, cause I got them. All right. I'm going to chill on that. Cause we might have to do that. Chill on it. But yeah, I, I'm old enough to say I saw Purple Rain at Rice's Town Road Plaza. And so <laughs> I saw uh, that's that. when they had the double theater at where the Popeyes is. I saw it at the new, uh, the new oh, down, my Lord. down. No, no, <laughs> no. I didn't, I, I didn't see it at the new. I saw it at the town. The town um, is on Park Avenue. I know where the that's town where is. That's where Park Avenue. We uh -huh. were on Park Avenue. I saw it at the town. Um, I saw it. Yep, I saw it at the town. Me that's and my some dad. Old, yeah, that's some old <laughs> stuff, y'all. They used to have movie theaters downtown. You had the Howard. You had the town. The uh, new, the, Mayfair, the Hippodrome. The, new, the Hippodrome. The Mayfair. Yep, all of them. Yeah, then saw, you had the, uh, mm -hmm. on Greenmount Avenue, you had the uh, Boulevard. I think that was called the Boulevard on right. the corner of Greenmount yes. 33rd. That's where yeah. I saw E.T. I saw E.T. at and the you, Boulevard. And you live not too far from where... I think NBA is there. It used to be a movie theater called The Crest. And that was on West Town Road. Remember when they I had the 99 cent theaters? I went to Westside. So they did have, this was more high school. So this was more late 90s. They did have the Liberty Theaters. And every now and then on Friday nights, you could pay yeah, $2 and you could go to all the different theaters mm -hmm. inside yeah, of it. I remember that. Um, I also went to the Apollo, which is down on Eden Street. Um yes. I went to the Apollo. I'm an East Side boy, so yeah. wasn't a West Side boy. So the crest, I never even actually never, never heard crest. Yeah, I saw Game of Death in Chinese Connection at the Hippodrome. Yeah, I saw all that at the Apollo. Coffee. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, it's alive. Remember the scary movie? It's alive yeah, about the it's baby. Alive. Yeah, that's some crazy <laughs> stuff. That's some crazy stuff. Now, hey man, what we got going it. on today? Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're gonna talk some baseball. First place O's, big win last night. We'll talk a little bit about Bronny James and, um, you know, some good news about him and kind of speculate about his future and his dad's future. Uh, in the NBA, uh, Jalen Brown got a bag. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. The sale of the Hornets finally went through uh, for Michael Jordan. And uh, we're going to talk about the impact of that and, you know, some 
top former players who became coaches and GMs. We're going to talk a little NFL. Justin Herbert, he got a bag as well last week, and so uh, tap on that. And the running backs, your boy Saquon Barkley said, I'd rather take some money instead of holding out. And so we're going to talk about the impact of that. Uh, little brother Jim Harbaugh might be in some trouble. Uh, he's facing a four-game ban, and we're going to tap on that. And then we're going to end with your favorite segment in sports talk. Come on, yo. And so let's go ahead and open up with the first place Orioles. We, that's what we're going to do. As long as they're in first place, we opening with the O's. And so I know a lot of people ain't into baseball talk. I know some of Fanboys Nation, they kind of like speed ahead doing baseball talk. But, yeah, well, I've, I've, I've heard from some people about it. I ain't going to say no. It's the Orioles. Blasphemy. Yes, I, I, they better not I be know. Baltimoreans. They can uh, be Yankee fans. They, or not, Red Sox but they, fans. they married into Baltimore, so they're going to have to learn how to appreciate Blasphemy. So the first place uh, Baltimore Orioles open a three-game homestand versus the last place Yankees with a one nothing win on an Anthony Santander. The last place Yankees. The yes, last, last place Yankees. I'll say that again. Let me read that line again. <laughs> the Baltimore Orioles open a three-game homestand versus the last place Yankees with a one to nothing win on the Anthony Santander walk-off home run in the ninth inning last night. The O's went 4-3 and three on a seven-game road trip versus the Rays and the Phillies. Uh, during the road trip, the offense struggled to consistently score runs, and the bullpen couldn't hold uh, leads in the eighth and the ninth innings. Also, the injury bug has showed up a little bit. We got Cedric, the entertainer Mullins, and Aaron Hicks both on a 10-day uh, IL. And so with Shohei Atani off of the trade market, and he's just showing out. As a matter of fact, they start winning. The opposite of what everybody was hoping the Angels would do. And, I mean, he's been putting up unicorn numbers. He pitched a one-hitter complete game in one half of, the, of a double-hitter and then came back in the second one and hit two home runs. Didn't he hit one home run in the one he pitched the one-hitter? I, he he he, I think he hit three. I think he hit three. Yeah, I, I thought he, he hit just three hit total. two in the second game. I thought he hit one in the first game. I could be wrong, but I think he hit one in the first game. Possibly and two. then. The, the boy is he's a if he yeah. retired right now, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall Easily. of Famer. And so with Shohei Atani off of the trade market, where is the O's biggest need is uh for the pennant run? Is it pitching or is it hitting? Um, so in my opinion, it has to be pitching. Like um, there's always gonna be nights where you aren't gonna score a lot of runs. But if you notice, the Orioles win a lot of close games, but they also lose some close games. Um, you mentioned giving up the lead in the eighth and ninth inning. That yeah. second game in Philadelphia, they absolutely should have won that game. They were down to two outs, um, game tied, then Philly in the bottom of the ninth. Philly ties the game, and then they go up and win the game. They should have won that game. Um, so they're going to need pitching. Um, now, the the question is, is it the starter you're looking for? Is it the middle reliever you're looking for? Because you got your closer, but even some nights he's going to have to take a rest, as we saw in Philadelphia, um, and they still got to win. So what? where do you need the pitching? I'm all for starters to take you as right. deep as they can. Um, but you still want some middle relievers to kind of hold the lead because that's where the Orioles seem to be that's lacking. Where they struggle. Um, they they get to these middle relievers, and the middle relievers aren't horrible, but they're giving up one and two runs, and the Orioles are always in so many close games that those one or two runs become the difference between winning and losing. So I think they need to get some middle relievers, but I know that they were eyeing some starters um, out there. But we'll see what happened. They did pick up the guy, um, 
the Japanese guy from uh, Fuji. Was, from the, yeah, from the, the days. and he at his first outing he didn't do too bad, but he yeah. he did well his second. He did well outing. the last, yeah, good. and yeah. he did well up in Philly. Um, I agree with you. I, I don't know where they would put another bat, and to get another big bat, they're going to have to give up some good young assets, which I really don't think. They have a good they have a good problem in the next season or two. They do. Because they have a glut of players and they're gonna have to really make decisions on moving these young players up. If they needed a bat, I wouldn't want them to maybe go down to the farm and bring up a bat. I think mm-hmm. that could suffice because they don't have a you know, they struggle sometimes with the runs, but you know, when they get hot, they can rake. I think the pitching is a major concern. I'm surprised. Well, not surprised, but I'm encouraged by the uh, performance of Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, Ever since he's come back up from uh, Norfolk, man, he's been uh, almost unhittable in some aspects. Uh, We saw him when we went to the Dodgers game Mm -hmm. uh, over a week or two ago, and he pitched very well in that game. Uh, It was unfortunate that the bullpen faltered (laughs) and and gave up the lead. Uh, He pitched well up in Philly. No. Yeah, he pitched in Philly, did he not? Or did he pitch in No, he Tampa? pitched last night. He pitched last uh, night, but I think he pitched in Tampa. Did he pitch in? Yeah. He, he pitched, pitched in, in Tampa. Yeah, he pitched in Tampa. And then, you know, he pitched uh, last night. And so did very well last night as well. And so I, I think, you know, maybe we're coming around in the starting. I, I think that we need relievers. I think uh, that in the seventh, eighth, and ninth, when we have those one 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 run leads, we really need somebody that can shut the door. Um, I don't know if I trust uh, Cano anymore. Uh, yeah, although he pitched last night and it took this diving set by Santan there. I'm just imagining if that got by him, man, they would have run Cano out of the out of the city. And so um, Bautista, he he's he's definite. He's the closer. You're not going to get anything off of him. And so, yeah, I think something uh, late in games could really help them. Um, I think it's just a thing of what did you give up to get it? Um, I think Mike Elias said the other day, we don't want to just be foolish because we are, you know, we're independent race. We're leading the division. But that doesn't mean that we should really forfeit our future uh, assets just because we want to get a rental. To me to get someone who has years on them that you can control for at least another season or two, you're going to have to give up some good prospects and maybe you just don't. And so um, we'll see. Uh, Maybe they can pick someone up who's been DFA'd and that person can come here and give us something for a half a season or so, or the, uh, you know, the remaining of the race, but you know, with the trade deadline coming up on August the 1st, you know, uh, something's going to happen soon. Yeah, and you're right about the DFA. That's what happened with Aaron Hicks, and it came right in time because uh, right. that's when Mullins gone down. Right. Um, so yeah, it happened right in time. And yeah, it's, it's it. So I learned from you uh, because remember last year I was like, "Let's go for it, let's do it right now." Right. You were like, "Nah, they gotta hold out, they gotta hold out." And you're right, and and they're 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 trending ahead of schedule now. Um, and one of the reasons why I don't think they need another bat is because these young guys, them bats will come around. They're still young guys. They're inexperienced. These bats will start coming around. They'll start getting more hits and clutch situations. I mean, just look at Gunner right now. Like, good gracious, man. Gunner, 
we were talking about sending the gunner back down beginning right. of the season. Okay, you know, them, them bats will come around with these young guys, mm-hmm. but it's them arms. And the Orioles have always had a problem getting them arms in there, and that's right. that's what we need. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, uh, Calvin and I, we went to the Dodgers. We talked about this last week, the Dodgers-Orioles uh, game, the opening game of that series last week. And, uh, man, we had a great time. Uh and we had some great beer while we were there. Uh, I think we had some Blue Moons and what have you. And so, you know, that's uh, almost as commercial as you can get. And so we wanted to talk about Calvin's a, a beer snob and so am I. And so I'm we wanted to. not that much a snob. Nah. Okay, well, I'll take the title. I'm a beer snob. I'm a wine snob. Yeah, he's a wine here, y'all. You know, he's at the vineyards all the time. You know, uh, they got it. They, they know him. When he comes in, they got the boxes waiting. You know, like, sir, here's your boxes. And him and his wife, when they come in, the boxes are waiting. Uh, for me, uh, I get my box of wine from uh, the liquor store. And so, uh, <laughs> but I'm a little. Who drinks, uh, but who drinks prefer... box wine? Oh. I do. <laughs> <laughs> box you know, wine. If you're oh. not watching this on video, I raise my hand. Yeah, oh. I drink box wine. I ain't, I'm not. My. I'm not ashamed of it either. Uh, Katina would lose her mind. We'd die if it came out of a cardboard box. Yeah. Not oh, just yeah. playing. Man. Calvin's <laughs> a Samayang, you know. I'm so you know, he's I actually got... have a certificate. <laughs> I actually, I actually, we went to a wine class some years ago, and I have a certificate. And I mean, it's it's phony because you it takes years and years and yeah. years to be a sommelier, but it does mm-hmm. say on there junior sommelier. So I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> that needs to be the title of today's episode, junior sommelier. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a player from the Dominican uh, Republic, a shortstop. Yeah, now starting at Junior and again for the record, I'm nowhere near Somalia. Like nowhere in there. And I'm being a wine snob is just me buying different wines and just liking some and not like I. I so don't don't get y'all. Those of you that are real wine snobs, don't get your little panties in the butt. You know, I just, I basically, I drink more wine than garland, so that makes me the wine snob of the crew. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna run through quick because you know we're in baseball season. Our top five beers, yes, of all yes. time. And so Calvin, you go first. Your top now, five beers of all time. Question, real quick question. Yes, I have a beer drink that I like. Okay, can I good. include that? Yeah. Okay, okay, good. Uh, uh, All right. Yeah, go ahead. So let let me start. Number five is a beer that I did get at a game um that was earlier the week than we went. We mm-hmm. went on a we went on a Monday. This we game was on, on a Monday. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um it is the new one for me. It is from Golden Road Brewery and it's called Mango Cart. And the only place that I've ever seen it was at the ballpark, but I do see that they sell it um, in other spots. But if you like flavored beer, which most of the time IPAs do it and they're kind Mm -hmm. of bitter, this one Mm -hmm. is actually like a mango juice that's almost like a seltzer. It's really good beer, so you should try it. It's called Golden Mm -hmm. Road Mango Cart. I got to go with the my next one, and this is going to get some conservatives mad, but I got to go with the Bud Light staple. 
that's actually the bed of my in-laws. So we always pack up and keep a whole bunch of them in the fridge. So you got um, some um, yeah, uh, yesterday? It's, it's some chilling. It's some, well, I bought some more just in case they drink a lot. But we got some in the refrigerator chilling, waiting for them today. Uh, I have to go with Coors Light because if Coors you were a Baltimore Gray or played a Baltimore Gray softball back in the 2010s to 2015. Coors Light sponsored us. They gave us money. We got shirts with Coors Light, banners with Coors Light. That's when we, you know, we was Baltimore Gray softball was it. So I got to go with Coors Light there. I'm going to get you. You thought this was number one, but I'm going Honey Brown being my... Yeah, Honey, Honey Brown, Brown is, is not at the top of the Honey list. Honey Brown is going to be number two for me, and that's only because. Mm-hmm. And now Honey Brown would have been number one, but they've now owned by Genesee Brewer Company. It's been some years now, and um, it's it's uh, it's changed a little. It's still good, but it's changed slightly. But number one, that's why I asked if I could do a beer drink. I mm-hmm. like to mix um, and make my own shandy. You can buy shandy from, um, I believe Tell it's the people where the shandy is. First. Well, a shandy is beer and lemonade mix. You can buy, um, it's from Logan, Loggenfeld. So, uh, there's yeah, a couple, yeah. there's they a couple people that summer. sell it in the can, mm-hmm. but the lemonade is more of a non-sweet lemonade. So you get that bitter beer taste. I like to mix it myself with a sweeter lemonade and mm-hmm. either a honey brown, um, a flavored beer, but sometimes mm-hmm. just a Bud Light. If that's all I have, you put some ice in it and it is a great, 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 refreshing summer drink. I'm going to tell you. I discovered it when I was 16 in Barbados on a youth exchange trip because there's no drinking age or at the time there was no drinking age in Barbados and of course we got the speech when we got there from our our uh, what do you call it my yeah, chaperone where my was chaperone they were like y'all going to follow the american rules Man, we was in them people's houses. We were exchange students. We were in them people's houses. They were serving us pina coladas and shandies. And we were like, oh, yeah, we were lit up. Kids, do not drink underage. I'm not promoting underage drinking unless you're in the land of Rihanna. Rihanna wasn't even born then, so, you know. Right. I but grabbed that's... the beer, but not in the ride because I'm not <laughs> stupid. I don't drink and drive. And so Calvin is in foreign countries, y'all, <laughs> drinking shandies. Hey, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. When in Barbados, do as the Bayesians do, man. Do as the ba- I don't even know if they say, man. I can't remember. They also have some great flying fish down there. Honorable mention to Michelob Ultra because that is one of my favorite beers. Also. Michelob Ultra. You know what? You talk. I'm learning something new because I, I never, I have never had a shandy in my life. Uh, get some ice. Get you a beer and get some uh-huh. lemonade. Pour okay. it in there, mix it okay. up. I'm telling you, you'll love it. Right. You will love right. it. I'm, I'm going to have to do it. I do I'm about a 50-50 ratio also. Okay. Now, I will tell you, if you don't mix it, you're going to get either mostly lemonade or mostly beer. So you're going to have to mix it unless you don't mind. I don't mind sometimes with the beer. It's heavier, so it'll sit on the bottom and it mm-hmm. almost look like a black and tan. And then it'll mix itself up when you start drinking it. But you'll until you get that beer mixed with the lemonade, you don't get the full effect of it. Okay. All right, Junior Samaye with his top five beers. <laughs> <laughs> 
right, let me run through my list real quick. I'm going to start off with something that uh, got me through college. Miller Genuine Draft. MGD, baby. Uh, when I was down in college in Hampton, Virginia, um, for those who went to college or lived in Virginia, you know you have alcohol beverage control stores, or ABC stores. And in the ABC store, they sell the harder liquors. Uh, you know, like the, you know, the vodkas, the bourbons, all of those are sold by the state. They, they control that in the ABC store up in the north. Well, I mean, we're still in the south, but a little further north in Maryland, you have cut rate stores and they sell everything. But uh, you can buy beer in the grocery store. You can buy beer anywhere. 7-Elevens, grocery stores, corn stores, whatever in Virginia. And so that, that made the beer a little bit cheaper. And so in college, you were always looking for volume. Could we get a case of beer for six dollars? And at that time, Miller Genuine Draft was on sale for six dollars a case. And wow. so we had six dollars. Everybody got a case, and we tried to drink that case in one sitting. And so uh, Miller Genuine Draft, yeah, man, that was some that was some high. We thought we were living high on the hog then back then, you know, drinking that MGD baby. Uh, number two, uh, well, my fourth favorite beer is Stella Artois. I, I okay. love a good Stella. Okay. Yeah, I keep Stella in the home. Uh, nice green bottle. I love the taste. You know, that's, you know, kind of my foreign beer. It's it's exotic in, in terms for me, in terms of taste. I like Stella. And um, I buy Stella so much. I got two Stella glasses. You know, you got a glass that you can use for the beer. Yeah. And so I got a couple of Stella glasses. Uh, number three for me is a local beer, is an IPA. My next two beers are IPAs, is the uh, Goat IPA, Ed Reed. Uh, there's a local brew house, a Union Craft Brewery. As a matter of mm-hmm. fact, they have a brew house that's right on uh, I-83 in the Hamden neighborhood, and they brew uh, a beer uh, dedicated to Ed Reed. It's called Goat IPA. Man, you know, it's got a nice, strong taste to it, nice head to it. Uh, Ed Reed's face is on the can. Oh, it's about, you know, a little about 8 or $9 a six-pack. Some good stuff. And so uh, you may want to try that, Goat IPA. My uh, number two beer is another IPA from Union Craft. This one is called Steady Eddie. And this one is uh, dedicated to Eddie Murray, mm-hmm. uh, former first baseman of the Baltimore Orioles. Another, this one's a little lighter. Uh, not as heavy, uh, not as hoppy, but uh, still a good taste. And Eddie Murray's face is on the can. And so if you're a sports guy and you love, you know, you want to see you drink with your sports legends, you can get the Goat IPA or you can get the Steady Eddie, both by Union Craft. And my number one beer is also locally brewed. It's brewed by a Brewer's Art, uh, and it's called Resurrection. Now, Resurrection, okay. have you ever had Resurrection? I have not we we have a lot of the ipas at the job um, okay and i don't think i've had resurrection yet yeah they Actually, have yes a, i have yes i have, have? Yes, okay I have. yeah they have a restaurant that's on charles street on north, mm-hmm. uh, north charles street and uh they brew several beers and uh resurrection is a brown ale it's it's kind of dark it's seven percent alcohol content it's it's a little strong but man it goes down pretty good and uh, it's nice and tasty and stuff. A nice cold Brewer's Art Resurrection. You know, it's a little artsy beer. It's a little snobby, you know. You drink it in a little glass and what have you, you know. And so it's not a necessarily a commons man, common man's beer. But you can buy it in um, local stores now, so they do can it. 
And so uh, if you're looking for something that's a little heavier, I know it's summer, you might not want something heavy, but maybe in the fall or maybe in the winter, you're looking for something a little heavier, go ahead and try our Brewers Art Resurrection. And so again, that's Miller's Genuine Draft, Stella Artois, Goat IPA, Steady Eddie IPA, and Brewers Art Resurrection. Um, for those of you that don't know, and I'm sure everyone listening probably knows, we have again a brewery here in Baltimore. Um, yeah, great the spot blonde, to go to. Blonde, um, blonde, they also have blonde. they have a beer there that's um, I think I told you last week they serve it in like a um, uh, not a martini glass. I don't know what you call the glass, but it's kind of one mm. of those smaller stout flutes, and it's it's mixed with um, an alcohol. It's mixed with like brandy oh. or something, and it's actually pretty good. Um, if you get a chance here in Baltimore, there's a lot of local ones. Union Station is one. I think they also make Duck Pen. Um, yeah, they make if Duck you go Pen. to Union mm-hmm. Station, um, they, they all have these layouts that you can just go and relax and just chill out. And of course, you can get flights and just try them out. But Baltimore is a very good place to get a lot of local um, IPAs. Yeah. Um, and you if you have a dog that's in Frederick. Yeah. Exactly. And if you and it, actually you can go to any affairs or festival, they're always going to be there. So definitely look them up. Take take some time out to enjoy yeah. uh, your city. And, and I live in Harford County. The there's, there's a lot of great ones out here that I've been to as well and all that uh, that are growing on their farms. So, yeah, man, you know, get a get a good beer. You know, it's not something heavy. I'm going to try that one. Shandy a little later on today. Just stay away from Miller High Life. <laughs> I'm not a big You're I'm not, not a big, big Miller High Life. So I like Miller High Life, but I'm not a big fan of um. They're not beers; they're uh, malt liquors. I'm not a big fan of malt liquors. Bro. Uh, I used to be Saint Ods and um. Well, Private Stock was a that Private Stock was a malt the liquor bull. back in the day. You uh, know, I used to be a fan of them because they get bro. you drunk real quick, but they're just not good for you. Get I'm you a beer. You, beer was my first alcohol. Then we're gonna go into the next sports. I promise y'all, we're gonna get back to sports, but um. When I went to college, I really did not know the difference between malt liquor and beer. And so a lot of the stuff that we were getting early in our freshman year was malt liquor. Mm-hmm. Bro, people was getting sick. Mm-hmm. People was all, yeah. <laughs> After a while, I was like, all right, yo, no more of this. The Sliss malt liquor. I don't care exactly. if Billy exactly. D is advertising it or not. Exactly. I don't want it. <laughs> Don't let the smooth taste fool you. It will mm-hmm. it fooled you, you up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was fooling a lot of people. Hey, man, Bronny James, the oldest son of Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James, is home recovering after suffering a cardiac arrest event on Monday. Uh, James, who's 18, is entering his freshman year at USC, and he's ranked 20th in the uh, 2023 ESPN uh, top 100 rankings. Uh, he's the sixth rated point guard in the class as well. It's the second straight year that the Trojans program has had a player uh, suffer cardiac arrest. Uh, center Vincent uh, Ikawuchu suffered cardiac arrest on July 1st of last year and was hospitalized for a few days. He returned to play for USC in January of this year and appeared in 14 games. Uh, James was set to begin his collegiate career overseas as USC's men's basketball team was preparing to leave next week for an exhibition tour in Croatia and Greece. And so has Bronny's career ended before it started? And what does this do to LeBron's plan to play at least one more or two more seasons to play with the Sun? 
Um, one of the things that we always seem to forget is that these are real people, um, sports right. stars, their families, any type of entertainers. These are real people um, that we see on TV. And sometimes real things happen to real people. Um, being that young and having cardiac arrest has to be probably the scariest thing, not just for him, but for his family. Um, Garland and I discussed this earlier this week a little bit. And, you know, and not to get all um, religious or, you know, um, but I think this might be um, one of those, hey, I'm giving you your out right now. And not mm -hmm. the out because of his health, but you have to feel some immense pressure being the son of LeBron James. Now, sure. it doesn't seem like the family puts any pressure on him. It doesn't seem like the media really puts any pressure on him. But what kind of pressure does he feel from himself for himself? You know, mm -hmm. you're the, the oldest kid and you're the first one. Now you're in college and your dad's saying he would love to play with you in the NBA. And you know what I mean? Like, there's got to be a, lot. a whole lot of pressure. And this may be someone saying, hey, Bronny, this is your out. You know, take this and do something else with it. You know, get this stress off yourself, get this pressure off yourself. Of course, I don't know, but it's just, you just, you know, you just never know. Um, and if you also notice with this, usually when something like this happens, there's so much coverage on it. The coverage has been kinda, right. Right. you know, the, it's been very limited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's been very limited. Um, so I think he should take the opportunity to pursue something else and not necessarily out of sports, but maybe not as a player, you know, maybe you can pursue some front office, um, anything. Your, your dad mm -hmm. is LeBron James. He can absolutely right. help you. Right. Look at, look at his friends, you know, he, he's gotten them all. Maybe that can help you. And I mean, you actually don't have to do nothing if you're Bronny James, but, but you know what I mean? I just, I'm hoping that he's, first of all, definitely hoping that his health, um, but I, this could be the out. I don't know, you know, what kind of pressure he's on, but this could be someone saying, hey, here's your out. You can take this and mm -hmm. pursue something else. Um, as far as LeBron James goes, I think this gives him the opportunity to rethink about his career. Um, you know, I think he has one year left on this contract. This right. may be his final year. Um, you know, he's always talked about he's going to try to wait to Bronny. So we were like looking at two more years. He may look at this last year, the contract and be gone. You you never know. He may. No one thinks he's going to retire being swept by the Denver Nuggets. But you never know. You know, this is one of them things. FOE family over everything. He may be like, you know what? I may have to walk away from this last year. I don't think so. But I, I would be shocked if he wanted to go for another year playing basketball? You know, um, that's interesting. And I, I shared with Calvin, I thought that was an interesting take of him. You know, this was an out for Bronny. Um, I think, I, I hope, you know, whatever it is, they, they really do as much screening and as much, <clears throat> you know, testing and, you know, really looking at his body and his heart um, before coming back. Yes, this young man came back last year that it happened to as well, and he wound up playing 14 games. I'm, you know, concerned about his health because, yes, he's Le he's LeBron James' son. Uh, I'm sure Uncle Rich Paul and Uncle Maverick Carter can find him something to do. Uh, these are three men that basically are, you know, 
leading the new media, the new sports agency stuff, you know, all those things. And so, yes, he has a wealth of opportunities uh, ahead of him that are non-basketball related. If he does decide to come back to court, I hope it's done smartly. I hope it's not done uh, without, you know, really the strong advisement of professionals and all those things. I, I think of Reggie Lewis here uh, yes. that was a local uh, basketball player. <clears throat> he was like a seventh man on that Dunbar team, that mythical Dunbar team, and then went to Northeastern University and became a standout there and then went to the Celtics and had several great years. And he died of a, a cardiac arrest on the court. I think he was practicing. It was during the off season. And, and that was his second one. And that, that was, was his second. second one. And so, you know, I, I hope, and, you know, of course, we know Hank Gathers as well. Both of those men had heart conditions and they decided to keep you know, playing. I hope that whatever Bronny's diagnosed with, if it's something that serious, I, I want you to go ahead and walk away from it. And I want you to take advantage of those non-basketball related opportunities that you would have. If it's something that you can work through and you could possibly come back, then more power to him. But, you know, I hope he errs on the side of caution. In terms of the impact on LeBron, I definitely think, you know, maybe this might be LeBron's last year because, you know, that's all he had been saying for the last three years is that his goal was he wanted to extend his play to have an opportunity to play with his son. Because trust me, if uh, Bronny played this year, he was going to be a one and done. There's no way he was doing two Absolutely. years in college. <laughs> and so, um, you know, LeBron would have probably played at least another two years, possibly three, because of his son. But with this here, I think that definitely changes the equation. Now, um, if it's just decided, hey, you know, this is just not for you, son. You had your run. It's over. Then, you know. Yeah, I think, you know, we're going to start. He's going to face those questions when training camp comes around. Is this going to be your last year? Because your goal was to play with your son. Doesn't appear that your son's going to be playing at least within the next year and some change. Right. You know, does that mean you have another two years in your body to do it? We'll see. And so um, this prayer's up for our Bronny. I hope he recovers fully. I hope he makes the right decisions in terms of what his future is on the court. And um, we'll see how that has an impact on the greatest player of this generation and what he does with his future as well. LeBron going to wait for Zuri to, uh, <clears throat> he going to wait for Zuri to get herself together and play. He going to well, go you, into You got the, the other son who they say is really the beast. Yeah, they said Bryce is good. They yeah, they Bryce say is Bryce good. is really the one. Bryce has the, he has the physical body of his father. And they said, you know, Bryce is really the one that they're looking at because he's kind of peaking early. And so we'll see. But that's, I think he got to wait another three years. Yeah, I mean, I think he's only a sophomore in high school. He got to wait another three or four years for Bryce. But you might as well just wait for Zuri. Zuri can be the first woman in the NBA, you know, or or – we can we can get LeBron a man, and he can dress like a woman and uh, play in the WNBA. LeBron a man, LeBron LeBron a man. Y'all, anyway. And I forgot 
forgot to get on Calvin. I'll get on him at the end. I might have to make this my uh, come on, yo. Never mind. I'm going to keep on going. All right, let's talk NBA. Jalen uh, Brown, he got a bag. And so Boston saw star Jalen Brown has agreed to sign the richest deal in NBA history, a five-year Supermax extension, worth up to $303.7 million. Uh, Brown averaged career best of 26.6 points per game and 49% shooting last season. He will make $31.8 million next season in the final year of his previous deal. And he is slated to make 52.3 when the contract kicks in during the 2024, excuse me, the 24-25 season. And so is this money well spent by the Celtics? <laughs> Listen, let me, okay. We were told a couple weeks ago, you know, forget all them stats and stuff. And this is one of them times where you Bro, forget the I, stats. I, 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 had, I had to throw out the numbers. I had to throw no, out no, the no, numbers. No, 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 no. Your numbers yeah. are fine, but I'm talking about, like, where he ranks in the NBA and all yeah, this. I'm, I'm sorry, Listen. Uh, Fanboy Nation fan. Um, but I, no, I had to throw out the, I had to throw I'm just out. saying, for me, he don't pass the Max Deal eye test. Come on. And first of all, they should have traded him. And they was talking about trading him. Like, somebody has to get the money. So one of the things Mm -hmm. about the NBA now and the way the contracts are structured is someone has to get it. On your team, someone's got to get it. Um, We saw that with Bruce Brown with Indiana Pacers. He's the Mm -hmm. highest paid player on the team. Someone's got to get the money. Now, not that Jalen Brown isn't a good player. He is a good player. Very good player. But is he the best player on the team? Did isn't he one no. of the reasons why they did not win the finals? Like, I'm, I'm kind of... They didn't win the finals that year because of Steph Curry. <clears throat> isn't he one of the reasons why they couldn't get past the Heat? I'm kind of... Yeah, he, he kind of had a rough playoff. He, he couldn't just, dribble in some I, of those I'm games. just, I'm just... And, and... If you notice with contracts, so most of us look at contracts for what the player has done. Contracts are really for what the player is supposed to do. I just don't see him being worth that kind of money. But again, someone has to get it, and he is the number two player on that team. I don't think he's worth all that. But again, someone has to get it. Uh, It's definitely what the market dictates. Uh, I think, yes, he is the second best player on that team. He had a great regular season. And um, unfortunately, that did not um, convert over to the final series of the playoffs because he did play well in the playoffs leading up to the Eastern Conference Finals. And, you know, um, they just really ran into a super hot team. I mean, that, that Heat team, you had guys who are never going to shoot like that again in life. That's true. <laughs> um, and they <laughs> got some true. big contracts after that. As a matter of fact, one, one of them is going to be playing on your Lakers. Um, and so, yeah, you, you know, it was it, it was just a bad run at the end. But, you know, I think it's justified. I mean, he, he is an option on any other team. He's the, He's a number one option. He's a number one player. And so... You know, uh, fifty-two point three million. <clears throat> yeah, he worth it. <laughs> I, just I just don't see it. It, sir. Keeps, it keeps a young core together. 
with Tatum, and they have to build around that. And so we're going to see what happens. They got Porzingis, <laughs> and we'll see what happens. We'll Who, what by happens. the way, I think is going to make a difference. Garland doesn't think Porzingis is going to make a difference. Porzingis ain't made a difference ever. He's going to he's going to make it. He doesn't have to be the number one or two guy. Doesn't really have to be the number three guy. Uh, they did get rid of Marcus Smart though. This, um, you know, this is just like when Bradley Beal. We always have this debate about Brad Beal and. I'm like Brad Bill. He's not a mop, but he's mopish. You know, <laughs> he's not mopish. He's not. He just should mop-ish. not have been the number one guy. He should not have been the number one guy. Hey, and John Wall told us that, but we thought John Wall was hating. And so let's keep on going. The NBA approves the sale of the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Michael Jordan's official watch as NBA owner ended this week as uh, the Board of Governors approved the sale of the Hornets. Uh, Jordan brought a majority stake of the team for $275 million in t- uh, 2010, and he made approximately $3 billion in the deal. Now, during his time in Charlotte, the franchise never finished higher than six in the Eastern Conference, and they had zero playoff series wins. Uh, twice in the history of the NBA, has a team been owned by a black man, and surprisingly, has both been in Charlotte with uh, Bob Johnson, who was the founder of BET. He was the owner of the Charlotte Bobcats, and <clears throat> Michael Jordan, who owned the Hornets. Now, uh, we don't have a single majority owner who is black among the three prominent sports leagues in America. And so, what are just your overall thoughts of uh, Mike as a owner, as an exec? I mean, talk about house flipping. He done flipped that two hundred seventy-five to three billion. Him and Dan Snyder are making out he like took fat three rats. And flipped it to 10. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, somewhere Michael Jordan was heard saying, "Fuck them Hornets." Like, because <laughs> he did not say "fuck them kids." Garlic, garlic swears that Michael Jordan. <laughs> he did. He said it all his life. <laughs> hey, man, but listen, um, rumor has it that Michael Jordan was in debt. Um, and there was, I, I saw an article um, of a breakdown of how he was in debt. Was and it made a lot of sense. wearing those baggy jeans that he, we always see him in pictures of? He's still wearing first, baggy jeans like his first 19, of all, like he had crisscross, like his 1990. First of all, I don't know why you're messing with his Bill Blast. You know what I mean? He had the Bill Blast with the little it's, leather it's, on the front it's, of It's the slim cut, Mike. It's the... It's the <laughs> They were baggy. It's hey, he was wearing. Leg, Mike. He was wearing the snake skins, the black snake skins with it. Like he still got and the blue cut jeans on, and the Kango <laughs> going backwards with the mock turtleneck. Like yeah, was, I mean, I know you're a billionaire, but bro, get your hey, stylist, get your jean game up. He listened to Kenny Lattimore, so you know, <laughs> right? You on the bus, like yeah. <laughs> I got the new Kenny Lattimore. Like what? <laughs> The new Kenny Lattimore's got you like this. <laughs> then the Kenny Lattimore had him in the chokehold side. Right. He, he was singing for you to Michael J- right. For you, I'll give a lifetime of baggy jeans. <laughs> Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, where'd you go, Mike? He did, yeah. yeah, it had him in. He was listening to Kendrick or something. Or Drake. Listen, and the thing is, I've listened to Kenny Lattimore, and there is Nassau that had me bopping like no this. I was like trying that, to. Bro. 
you try to overlay the music with Michael ja- Michael Jordan's head bouncing, it just ain't come out right. <laughs> he telling he telling them, "Hey, come listen to this. It's Kenny Lattimore. <laughs> B.J. Armstrong is like the fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Why are you bobbing your head like this? Hey, man. But no, um, so they were talking about his debt, and they said something about how Michael Jordan would leverage his um, stake in the team with Mm -hmm. some gambling debts or some investments that he would lose out. So what happens is, although he's still worth so much money, he owes so much money, and with the team not being as successful, his... Mm -hmm. uh, his assets start to decrease. You know what I mean? Something, sure. whatever they said, it was making so sense and it looked, made a lot of sense for him to sell the team. He and looked rich he, to the eye, but not on paper. Right, right. But the thing is, you can sell the team and still be minority owner and have $3 billion in the bank. I mean, I think it's he made out. It's not a bad deal. I mean, it's not a bad deal at all. He's, he was not the Mike Jordan of owning, but, um, you know, he definitely... Uh, you quote that reference. He, he was not the Mike Jordan of owning, but uh, he definitely was the Mike Jordan of the court. One of the, uh, our, maybe the greatest, arguably the greatest player to uh, ever play the game. And uh, it's a, you know, it's crazy because Mike actually was supposed to get the Wizards, your favorite team, and the uh, Lakers, <laughs> Lakers fan with Wizard tendencies. <laughs> Wizards, and he was supposed <laughs> to get the Wizards, but a Poland uh, shut him down. I think that's the only person who's ever been able to stop Michael Jordan. Ran him a. out, Poland. ran him out of DC. <laughs> ran his ass out and of Mike, DC. Mike said, "I'm gonna come back, help boost up attendance, to get my money up for my little ownership stake because you gonna get to me when it's over." And he can't say, "All right, I'm ready." He's like, "I ain't never tell you that. <laughs> I ain't never say that." <laughs> Mike was like, "What?" Mike almost burned his clothes and his car. He almost right, did a he way got to exhale. On, jeans he almost did a way to exhale on <laughs> Abe Poland. Right. <laughs> Abe was like, You want to own this team? Because I don't think my daughter should have to wait to own the team. Right. <laughs> almost almost right. got him. Oh, yeah. And so with that, we're going to talk about the top five former players that became coaches or GMs. And so Let me pull I'll, my list yeah, out. Yeah, pull your list up. So I'll go first. Number one, Bill Russell, Celtics, first black head coach in professional sports, and he won two titles as a player coach. That's crazy. I, we'll never see another player coach again, ever. I, there was talk about maybe LeBron could be a player coach. He that already is. Interesting. He According is. According to I mean, Garland, he already he is. is. He's, he's, he's a player GM, <laughs> pretty much. And, you know, he might as well just go ahead and coach as well. Maybe that's the next thing to keep LeBron around. Maybe they will um, let him get rid of Darvin Ham if they don't win next year, next year. Let him go ahead and be the player coach. That would be interesting. But anyway, Bill Russell, first black head coach in professional sports, and he won two titles. Uh, Phil Jackson, can't deny it. Uh, most NBA titles by head coach, 11. Um, and he was a player on the Knicks as well. If you did not know that, uh, Spike Lee talks terrible about him. If you want to know more about Phil Jackson as a player on the Knicks, uh, watch. Uh, what was the movie about him growing up? Uh, 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 Brooklyn. 
It's him and his sister growing up in Brooklyn and little brother. They all lived in oh, the house. Crooklyn. 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 Thank you. Brooklyn, and uh, they're watching a NBA game between the Knicks and the then Washington, where they were the Baltimore Bullets. And he's like, man, why they put Phil Jackson in? He's a bum. That's what one of the characters say in the movie. And so, yes, Phil Jackson was like a sixth, seventh man on those uh, starred uh, Knicks teams. Uh, number three, Pat Riley. We can't forget the Godfather. Uh, he played for the Lakers. He won a title as a player. He won four titles as a head coach, and he's won uh, one title as a uh, GM and head coach. And, um, well, he's actually won two as a GM for the Heat and one as a head coach for the Heat. And so Pat Riley, you have to put him up there. Uh, this is a sleeper. I, I, I might be reaching on this one, but I'm old enough to remember. I didn't see him play, but I remember him as a coach. Lenny Wilkins. Uh, Lenny Wilkins was one of the best small men ever played the game, and he coached the most games in NBA history. He won an NBA title with the Seattle uh, Seattle Supersonics. They beat the last good Washington Bullets uh, team way back in the uh, 70s. And, uh, yeah, he was an influential coach. And Steve Kerr, you got to give it to him, four-time NBA champion as a coach and at least uh, five rings as a player with the uh, Spurs and with the Bulls. Yeah, man, you, you've actually, so I was wondering if we were going to talk about um, current GM or coaches or just mm-hmm. in general. So, and you've actually taken three of my five, which was okay. Kerr, Pat Riley, and um, Phil, Phil Jackson. Jackson. Okay. You obviously had to have them three, with the exception of you got to get Phil Jackson, take up take him out of that Knicks GM role. If you take him out of that Knicks GM role, cause that, that brings him down. I some got all about that. Yeah. That brings him down some points. Um, which was would, he the uh, GM when Lynn sanity or was that Isaiah? I think Isaiah might've been, the it might've been Isaiah. Well, Lynn you know, Phil Jackson was famous for not really wanting Carmelo on the team, moving right. Carmelo off right. the team. So, mm-hmm. um, which makes, which in my mind would be Steve Kerr is the number one, um, former player coach now coach um but let me give you some others um okay i'm surprised you didn't mention larry bird larry bird went to the yeah. paces he coached took him to the playoffs then took he said the and larry bird um, just just like in his career larry bird said hey i'm only do this for a certain amount of years then i'm gonna mm-hmm. jump to the front office and larry bird did that and was successful at doing both of them and I mean, you can say he did not go out on top because they don't have any rings, but he went out on top. The paces were definitely um, – I think he's the reason Rick Carlisle um, got his shot with the paces. Um, definitely. Stay there. Um, definitely. Former teammate. Yep, yep. Um, Elton Brand with the Sixers. He's he's one of the – got to give him some respect. Yeah, yes. he's one of the better GMs in Philadelphia. Again, they don't have any titles, but he's made them relevant since he's been there. Um, you know, I, I, I had a hard time with this one, one of Larry Bird's teammates, but you got to give him some credit. He's out in Utah now. Um, Danny but Danny Ainge, yeah, He's on my Danny, honorable mention. Yeah. Danny Ainge actually did his thing in Boston. Um, you know, he's in Utah now and they, they make some strange moves out there, but they seem to be contenders every, every year. So they're, yeah. they're somehow credit. He drafted Jalen Brown and, mm-hmm. um, Tatum, Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. um, basically the foundation of that team was uh, built under his uh, leadership. While he was mm-hmm. And, you know, he had the big three with um, KG, um, Jesus Shuttlesworth, and mm-hmm. Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. Now, because you took my other three, 
these other two may be a reach, but I put a list. I figured we would have some of the same people, but let me let me give you this one. Um, Talu. Um, gotta give Talu credit because Talu went into Cleveland and made LeBron a champion. Um yeah. Oh, I, yeah. okay. Gotta okay. get Talu some credit. Now remember, it might be a reach, okay. but you took my other guys, man. I got it. Okay. I got it. Okay. All right, we'll, we'll so take Talu. I'm gonna give Talu, I'm gonna give Talu some credit. Um he, my last one. Mm-hmm. And and although after basketball and after his GM career, everything didn't go so smoothly. But give me Kevin Johnson um, that was out there with Phoenix when he was GM. You know oh, yeah, Kevin, yeah. Kevin Johnson was you know, GM. He, he was mayor of Sacramento for a, yeah, a that didn't, He yeah, ran into that, some legal problems. Yeah, that didn't end quite well for him, yeah. you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, but give me Kevin Johnson there. I had a couple of people. There's so many people you can pick from. You got the Mike D'Antoni's. Um, you got um, Jason Kidd. You know, you got so many people. You got Umea Doka. You got a whole bunch of these guys that were former players. Now, one of the things I've always believed, and this is why I would never mention Magic, and this is why I don't think Magic mm-hmm. was as successful as a, a coach. Um, this is my, always a belief of mine. Those players that are really, really good, it comes naturally to them. So they don't make good coaches because they don't know how to really develop the talent. You got mm-hmm. some exceptions, but they don't know how to develop their players on the bench because for them it comes naturally so they figure it should come naturally to everybody but it doesn't you get these players that are decent or maybe below average when they become coaches they know how to you know you got to work at this you got to work at that you know they know how to look at everything because it's not natural to them um so they become usually the better coaches now again your exception is like a larry bird larry bird is just a good coach um but for the most part that's just my belief how that works i agree with you yeah it's definitely a different time a different development of player and stuff like that so all right, so y'all, that's our top five former players that uh, became either uh, coaches or GMs. And so let's move into the NFL. Justin Herbert signed, he got a bag, y'all. They're giving out bags in professional sports, and so he signs a big deal with the Chargers. Uh, the Los Angeles Angels of the NFL, the LA Chargers, uh, they agreed to terms on a five year, <laughs> $262.5 million contract extension with Herbert. The deal keeps him under contract in L.A. through the 2029 season, and it includes a no-trade clause, uh, $133.7 million in full guarantees, and $193.7 million in injury guarantees. The deal makes him the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history based on average annual value, which is $52.5 million in three seasons. Uh, Herbert has an overall record of 25-24. and 24 with one playoff loss. And so with no playoff wins in his career, Calvin, why did Herbert get more money than Lamar Jackson? That's what I want to know. I mean, Lamar, when Lamar was trying to get his money, it was like, well, you only got one playoff winner, this and that, this and that. But Justin Herbert don't have any. Like, he has none. Justin Herbert lost to David Carr in the playoff, if if, if I remember correctly. Right. David Carr ain't even with the Vegas Raiders anymore. I mean, right. not. Lamar, so, he's taking that team to three playoff appearances. Uh, he's won more games over Unanimous MVPs. Years. I think yes, he's uh, 1-0 head-to-head against Justin Herbert. Uh, yeah. you know. And yes. and they actually beat their ass when they came to uh, Baltimore two mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. Ass. And so I'm trying to – yeah, man. You know, I, I, I guess it's a I, thing I, of – yeah, the, the, the market's funny. 
But Mark is funny. Mm, Mark is funny because for me, if I'm looking at the numbers, like everybody was looking at the numbers for Lamar, outside of this guy, yes, he's a great passer. He, he has a great spin on the ball, but that team has not performed at any level that a guy who they, everyone's deemed as a running back who's one of the most accurate passers in NFL history, um, who's won a ton of games, who's – this guy had the biggest playoff collapse last year uh, in the game with the Chargers against the, uh, the Jaguars. So, I, I, yeah, and, I can't And this guy out. doesn't have Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler with them. I mean, I don't know. Right. I don't, right. I don't understand. Without them. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, but – you know, yeah, let's give Herbert more money than Lamar Jackson without the controversy. Like, you know, I'm not even mad about the money because that's how things happen. And right. then um, what's going to happen after this is Joe Burrow is going to get his money and he's going to get more than Justin Herbert. And that's how it's supposed to work. So I'm not even mad that he's getting more. It's just the fact that he's getting more and y'all ain't said nothing. nothing. Y'all ain't said a word. Y'all nothing. were killing Lamar. For mm-hmm. wanting more money, or at least close to the money that Deshaun was making, y'all were mm-hmm. killing Lamar for thinking that he was going to be better than Jalen Hurts and getting that kind of money. Y'all were killing him. Herbert come just slide right in with no playoff wins, mm-hmm. get his little money, and y'all just y'all cool. Y'all good with that? Y'all good with that? That's bad. They must be like like win and slip right in and got that contract. So I ain't mad at him. Keep yeah, that same energy that you had for Lamar. That's all right. I'm saying. Right, that's, all that's I'm what saying. I'm saying. That, this Keep guy, that same energy. He's basically a 500 quarterback. <laughs> and, and he's 25 and 24. He's basically a 500 quarterback. They with they're no playoff wins. They're an underachieving team. Now, the eye test tells you that Justin Herbert is a very good quarterback. No one is oh. denying that. When it comes to fantasy teams, if I see him available, I oh, take. Going to get you some points because yeah. he's going to get me. He definitely going to get you some points. But come on. Come on now, y'all, 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 y'all kill me with that. Y'all kill he's, me with that. He's, now he's the Carl Malone of the NFL. The only it's forever. I mean, for except Carmelo. The, yeah, except <laughs> he's not he's not molesting little girls. But go ahead. Um, the only thing that I will say when you talk about Justin Herbert compared to Lamar Jackson, the only outrage that I will accept is that. Justin did not hold the team hostage. Now Lamar did ha- hold the Ravens and yeah, us Lamar fans. Had to get, he got to get a little. He had to do what he had to do, yeah, and I'm not mad at him about that. But if you want to make the argument that Justin didn't hold him hostage and Lamar did, you can. But then you also got to look at the front office and say, well, that's because San Diego didn't make him hold him hostage, and yeah, they, Baltimore they did and make Lamar there. hold his hostage. So, him, so you know. There you go. But yeah, yeah, and I'm not. Even, uh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I was just going to say I'm not going to deny the money that Herbert's making. I just want y'all to keep that same energy that y'all did right. with Lamar. And we saw uh, Joe uh, Herbert. Uh, he was doing. I said Joe Herbert. Oh my God, Joe Burrow. He was doing the stanky leg uh, the other day, but he's going to be okay. Mm. Life uh, comes backs, at you fast, Cincinnati. Yeah, running backs are still big mad, Calvin. Uh, running back Saquon Barkley signed. With the uh, Giants last week, the deal is a one-year adjusted franchise tag worth $10.1 million, fully guaranteed, and up to $11 million with incentives. The tag adjusted to add $2 million uh, signing bonus as well as the incentives, and the deal does not include a no-franchise tag clause, meaning the Giants can tag him again after this season. And so last week we talked about this, how the, uh, how the running backs were big mad, 
they, you know, but basically, um, I believe it was uh, Nick Chubb who said it, uh, the running back from Cleveland, that they really don't have any leverage. It's, you know, it's nothing they really can do. This is the market. And so did uh, Saquon sell out his brother running backs by taking this deal? <sighs> so it's really hard to say that they sold out because the the um, CBA was signed and the CBA doesn't get renegotiated to what, 29 or something like that? Like, they knew going into this little meeting they had this little semi zoom coup that they had <laughs> running back coup that they had they knew there was nothing that they could do it's like why so i guess they were all in the meeting just to show solidarity um so i don't know if he sold out because they pretty much knew what was going to happen um mm -hmm. the only thing that i think he messed up on is if you want to negotiate you should have negotiated where they could not franchise tag you anymore like then you might go through the whole thing again like yeah you know i, I just I, that i don't understand but did. that's the only disappointing part that yeah you know, yeah so i don't i don't know if he i don't think he sold out like it was mm -hmm. he didn't have like they say he didn't have much leverage at all um Le'Veon bell showed us that sitting out a full year doesn't work even Le'Veon comes back and says i should not have done that like it it's just going to hurt you in the long run um what they need to do is when they for these future running backs, they need to when they go to that CBA negotiation, they need to speak up for their position. Um, they need to speak up as to why this uh, franchise tag thing doesn't work for them um, or let's get something else with the running backs. And I'm sure there'll be other positions that will join in a fight like that. Um, but no, I think I think he did what he had to do for Saquon Barkley um, and for the New York Giants. So, you know. yeah, I, I agree. You know, no leverage. Um, holding out with the franchise tag now, that's why they came up with it, does not give you leverage because they can come back and franchise you again the next year. And so sitting out doesn't necessarily get you. I, I remember uh, earlier this year, that's where a whole bunch of people were saying, uh, you heard a lot of the pundits saying this about Lamar. He should just go ahead and sit out. He should. There was no leverage for Lamar to sit out because they could franchise tag him and franchise tag him the next year. And so it really was no leverage there for him. And I agree the same thing with Saquon. I, I, I think he looked at it and say, hey, I want to play. It's, I'm out to just go ahead, take this money, and we'll see what happens with me next season. And, you know, I don't think it hurts the other uh, running backs. You hear some people, oh, he sold out. He said, you know, they did all of this, and he went ahead and signed. Okay, he, he wants to get out on the field. He sees that he has the potential of – his money-making potential is stronger if he plays as opposed to if he sits out for an entire season. The, and the Saquon market, isn't in his depressed. rookie year. He, yeah, Saquon yeah. is not in his rookie contract year. Right. Saquon is older, so right. sitting out a year could be detrimental to his career. Right. Like, in a market that doesn't pay your position. Exactly. Yeah, so you got to take this year to prove that you're worth something, and then you fight to see if another team may want you or if you can get out of that franchise tag. But no, you can't sit out a year being his age. as In running back years, he's what, 65, 65? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's about to be he's about to be put down. And so <laughs> let's transition to college football. Uh, your boy Jimmy Harbaugh, he's facing a four-game ban. Uh, Michigan football head coach Jim Harbaugh and the NCAA is discussing a, uh, a so-called negotiated resolution for a four-game suspension uh, starting the 2023 season. Uh, and it's tied to NCAA recruiting investigation into Michigan in which Harbaugh faces 
a level one violation for not cooperating with uh, NCAA enforcement. And the expectation is, is that he will miss the first four games of Michigan season. And this includes uh, four home contests in which uh, Michigan is the favorite against East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. And so uh, I would say just, John Harbaugh, go ahead and take those four games and just sit it out. Yeah. Because – Y'all going the third stringers are going to score fifty two on all of these teams. Just just take the four games and sit on out and come on back. I had to, uh, Jim, because you 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 so quick to jump on John. You said John Harbaugh take them four games and sit out. John, we need. I did you say John. Them. Yeah, okay, you said John. Jim, <laughs> Jimmy, yeah, because John Harbaugh, you you you. We ain't talking about you. <laughs> I was about Jimmy. to say you want you want Harvard to sit out for a yeah, game. Yeah, I want I want Harvard to sit out for a game. But uh <laughs> Jimmy, sit out those go ahead, just sit out those games. I mean, you y'all gonna win those games going away. So it's it's always something with Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, though. It's always it something. Like you it can is. never go into a season just shutting the fuck up and just it's always something with you, sir. Like, but you know the team, um, has already said, yeah, even if he sits, we still going to rally around him. Like, they love him. They love him there. So, I mean, you know, I'm with you. Um, usually, with the exception of maybe a game or two, usually your first three games mean absolutely nothing. Yeah. You, you'd be playing somebody They're like Morgan State. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, somebody that you should be going away. And like you said, the third string should not have any problem with it. So, they should be all right. They should be all right. So we'll see what happens with Harbaugh uh, at the start of the college football season. That's right around the corner. And so uh, we're at the favorite part of the program that everyone Wait, loves. hold on. Hold on. Hold on, sir. Yes. You, I, you did not have this on the list, and I'm shocked you did not talk about Deion, Deion. Sanders and Colorado uh, you know leaving let's, let's, the let's Pac-12. Isn't he your favorite coach? I thought. <laughs> First of all, I'm not going to beat a man while he's down on one foot. Dion has been having surgery on his, you know, his documented. If you saw uh, Dion's documentary last year, you know he's down to basically about four or five toes uh, total, this period. And so um, he had to have more surgery on the So I was giving Dion time to recuperate. But I did see big news. Uh, Colorado, they will be leaving after this season to go back to the Big 12. But to me, and I, this was one of my um, concerns about Dion taking this job, because I, I was like, all right, where's the Pac-10 going to be after USC and UCLA leave? Um, and you're going to a conference where... It might not be anybody there, and they saw that, and now they're going back to the Big 12, but there ain't nobody in the Big 12 because Texas is gone. Texas A&M is gone. Uh, Nebraska is gone. Uh, and so I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, even if we're going to see Coach Prime on the field this year. You know, are we going to see Coach Prime? And and just to be clear, I'm getting on Garland, but this has nothing to do with Dion. Dion has right. no say in this whatsoever. No, this, this, has, this is economics. Uh, yeah, this is absolutely what has Dion. nothing. To, yeah, this absolutely has nothing Dion. to do with Dion. I'm just I'm just messing with Garland. But yeah, I I don't know this conference realignment stuff is just so crazy. Um, you you have to really be 
into the NCAA to try to understand um, why they do these things, um, what's the benefit, what's the loss for the other teams. And you would think that, okay, so with some of these major teams leaving the conference, the lesser teams are going to be able to get more wins and this and that, but it doesn't work like that because now the money is leaving. When the bigger teams leave, the money leaves. So it doesn't put you in a better position because the school is not getting money. And the whole point, especially with college football, is that money. You get the players, you get the, the revenue, you get that money. So I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it, it's pretty much a done deal that Colorado is leaving. Um, I don't know how this benefits either team. I just know it's going to hurt the uh, conference that they, they're going to leave. So Yeah, I mean, the thing is now with these, these super conferences, it's money. It's the TV deals. And so that's why you have these uh, – that's why you have the big five. And that's why they form it. They're going after the TV money. And because the Pac-10 does not have a TV deal that's imminent, you know, people are, are scrambling to go ahead and look to, to connect with conferences where this money, because they're signing these um, coaches for real big deals and they got to deal with NIL. And although that, you know, that TV money is just a part of making the program attractive and so that's why you know you got the sec and the big 10 they're basically the granddaddies of you know the power fives you know you got every team in america college wants to be a part of those two conferences and then you know you got the acc and whoever else is following that up for football at least and so um yeah it's, it's an interesting time because we talked about this last week about nil and uh, we were talking about one of the reasons why it's a mess right now is because the colleges don't want to pay. The colleges are basically hoarding the money. They just want all the money, but they don't want to pay the players. And this is just a prime example of that. This move is not because the, the, the conference is not competitive. This move is because simply we want the money. Long gone are the days of Big East basketball, which was huge, ACC basketball, right. and long gone are those days. It's yeah. it's really all about uh, the football programs now. The football yeah, programs seem to be driving everything. Pretty much. And you got these strange – I mean, what, is, what connection does te Texas or Oklahoma have to the SEC? None. But, it's like know, USC and UCLA going yeah, to the to Big, the Big Ten. Ten. Like have, outside of playing them in the Rose Bowl, there's no geographic connection none to the Big Ten, and so it's money, and yeah, and so we'll see uh, what happens. You know, with the Pac-10, looks like uh, the Pac-10 is in. If Oregon and Stanford jump up and they decide to leave as well, you know, basically, you know, uh, the Pac-10 is going to cease as a as a uh, conference because. Um, there's not going to be anybody worth being there for. And so let's go ahead and come on. Yo, that was a little extra for y'all. And so normally that's on the Patreon uh, thing that we do that you pay for those extra comments. And so this is a little extra. So uh, last week, Calvin started. I'll go ahead and start off. I'll come on, yo. And so come on, yo. All money ain't good money. Now, uh, there's a, if you've been following uh, the news lately, you've seen that uh, the Saudi governments have been really trying to get into sports and they've been basically getting into sports, just throwing their money around. And so uh, Saudi team Al-Halal 
made a record $332 million bid for uh, Kylian uh, Mbappe, who's a striker with uh, PSG, a uh, football team in uh, Paris. He's the top player in uh, football or soccer, as we call it here in America right now. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's the number one player over Messi. And um, the team confirmed the offer for the player, and they've given um, Al-Halal uh, permission to uh, have open negotiations to, uh, directly with Mbappe. But sources say that Mbappe is not interested in the offer, which would amount to a one-year salary for him of $776 million. Okay, let's uh, this, this, this chew on that. And so um, uh, this bid represents Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia's, excuse me, most ambitious move yet as part of a determined recruitment drive to lure the game's biggest players uh, to the country. The moves are part of an effort by the Saudi prince, our Prince Mohammed bin Salam, to leverage the kingdom's oil wealth to provide new jobs and opportunities for Saudi Arabian youth. And so critics have dismissed this as sports washing and attempting to leverage professional sports in order to clean up the uh, kingdom's image as it remains one of the world's top executioners and is waging a years-long war in Yemen. In addition, according to U.S. intelligence reports, uh, Prince Mohammed ordered the killing and dismemberment of a Washington Post columnist, Jamal Khashoggi, in uh, 2018. I know a lot of people, you would say $776 million is money you can't turn down. And I don't know if Mbappe is turning down this money uh, because he considers it blood money. I'm not sure what his reasons are. Some are saying he's young and to go to a country that's as conservative as Saudi Arabia, maybe his lifestyle would be affected. I don't know. But there has to become a point where all money is not good money. Um, we just can't keep throwing money at stuff and trying to make it better. And in American sports, we're starting to see that this money is starting to creep into uh, the sports. They're, bu they're going to be buying up teams. I, I, you know, They've already brought into the Washington Wizards ownership group. Um, they've, they have lived golf. Uh, they're buying golfers. Uh, I, I'm sure pretty soon we're going to see majority ownership in baseball. We're going to see majority ownership in basketball. And it's all about throwing dirty money uh, to clean up an image. And I think we have to get to a point where we have to start saying that all money is not good money. This money has blood on it. This money is dirty. This money has not been earned in a proper fashion. And uh, it's, it's akin to, uh, you know, you always see these movies of the principal mother who won't take money from her drug dealing son because it's dirty money. And I don't want that money. It's not right. Or, you know, you might see it. Or, you know, hey, I'll go ahead and take it. If you ever seen um, uh, Paid in Full, you know, uh, when Calvin was coming and the guy's name was Calvin, by the way. Yes. yes. <laughs> Calvin, like uh, Miss Johnson. Here, you take this. This is for the win. Miss Johnson ain't push it back. And, you know, <laughs> they was living a good life. And so all oh, money's not good money. And so we have to, I hope these players, I hope these organizations, I hope these people are not blinded by the billions of dollars that's coming into their pockets and start making good ethical decisions.
Jackson. So come on, yo. All money ain't good money. There's there's going to be a faction of folks that will be like Mbappe must have embopped his head to turn <laughs> around, turn down that money. Um, one of the other things that's a piece of that is it's only a one year deal and. Um, the way this uh, football throughout the country works, I mean, throughout the world works, is that um, you have to get permission to speak to these players. And if you want to transfer to another league, so, and apparently Mbappe wants to play for Real Madrid or something like that, yeah. but mm-hmm. there's fees. Um, so what the Saudi government has said is that if you play with us for this one year, you can transfer there with no fees. So it's kind of almost giving him one step closer to what he wants, along with another close to $800 million, which in total they'll be paying a billion dollars because they're right. paying the 300 something million to uh, his PSG. I think it's called. Yeah, PSG. Um, it, it's, it's so it's, I guess for somebody like him who doesn't need the money, it's really easy to say no to, um, but you have to have some strong morals because sir, I do not know you, you, you likened it to um, these movies and stuff we see where they turn down money because of morality, but that's money, you know, Hey, get your kids some clothes, go pay your rent, go buy some food. You know what I mean? That's right. That ain't, that ain't $800 million. Like, lifestyle, that didn't work yeah, for man, it's, whoo. You have to have some strong morals and someone has to take a stand because um, as we've known in this country, politicians, <laughs> are always taking special interest sure. money and uh, doing what the special interest wants as opposed to doing what the people want. And the Saudis are probably used to being able to pay politicians off. Um, right. So, you know, it's real difficult. Yeah. True. <laughs> True. Um, my come on, yo, was about to be in politicians, but I'm going to save that for another time. I'm going okay. to save that for another time, Mitch. Mitch, I'm going to say that for another time. <laughs> you know how Mitch paused when he did the whole, you know. Pause. I made Garland think I had a glitch. You know how Mitch paused when he did the whole trauma I was pausing with you. <laughs> uh, anyway, let me go to something else. And I just found this out uh, last week. And Gar- this, Garland is a part of this new movement also. Because Garland had me dipping this new movement. Let me tell you something. I, I'm bald. I'm bald, you know, and I save money being bald. Apparently, regular haircuts now are starting at $45 plus and beard trims are $35 plus. Yeah, yes, son. I used to go to the barbershop and get a fade for $15 and tip them up to $20. When they started becoming $25 and stuff, you know, I'm like, what the hell is this? And and I used to go to the barbershop and you would just go in and be like, hey, you got some eye? You know, no, I got you. You next, you not no more. You I said, Garland, ass. I need to get my beard trimmed. You know, Garland was like, go see my boy Sundiata. So I'm thinking, <laughs> all I gotta do is go in and be like, yo, you Sundiata. My man Garland sent me this and that. Garland was like, I was like, cool, where you at? Garland was like, well, he here, but let me send you the link. What the fuck, the link for what? He gonna cut my hair through the phone? He was like, no, let me send you the link. So I log on. You got to log on. You got to sign up for the website. He scheduled and through an app. Then you got to schedule it through an app. But wait, but wait. This ain't like going on the Resi app and reserving a, a time at your favorite restaurant. You got to pay in advance on the app. You got to put a deposit down yeah. for the app. And then 
Come on, yo. Just a couple. Come on, yo. Where, where Mr. Will at? You know, where he could just walk in and be like, got me. Or I used to call my barber. They thought my barber was crazy because I used to go to this place called New Dimensions. And it was um, Pie, Nate, and Shorty. Pie used to cut my hair. And they thought they was crazy because they used to wash your hair. And you had to sign the list. You go in and sign the list. And you could leave. But if you come, you got to be there when your name is called. People be like, right. you got to sign the list. You can't just go in and point. Well, now you got to have a computer or a link on your cell phone to go. You got just what? What happened to the walk-ins? Don't nobody do walk-ins no more. You can't walk into a barbershop. You can't walk into a restaurant. And and I blame Jalen Rose for this. Come on, Jalen. Jalen <laughs> Rose got these guys traveling with him. Jalen Rose got on his podcast when it was Jalen and Jacoby. Long live Jalen and Jacoby podcast. Uh, when he got on the podcast, he was like, "Yeah, you know, I I paid my barber like a hundred dollars." A hundred Do a happy ending come with that or something? Because a hundred dollar haircut? Listen, come on, y'all. Y'all are getting too outrageous now with this. And I know we moving into this. But again, Garland does it. Garland does it. Garland go ahead and sign up and hey, look at Garland. He got hair on top of his head and the beard. Garland probably paid about $75. I don't know what he paid. <laughs> about to go in the app when I get off this phone call because I need to schedule at least a week out to get the best rate. Because as a matter of fact, my barber, his game, right. he scheduled the rates the do app. change. The rates change the closer. If you're trying to go, say I'm trying to get the haircut tomorrow and I schedule the day, I got to pay the top rate. And if I schedule at least a week out, then I'm not paying the top rate. I'm paying a, 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 a lower rate because I'm pre-scheduled. Yeah, it's a haircut. It's a guy's haircut. Yeah, yeah. Who, just one day I came in. Who the cares for the walk-ins? Who's Nobody. who's taking care of the walk-ins? You better cut Where it yourself. You better go, go get them wall clippers <laughs> at, at, at Walgreens or Walmart and, and handle yourself. Put that put that uh, blade on there and go ahead and do yourself. But yeah, uh, one day I walk in. He was like, "Yeah, man." You know, because it used to be, I, I would just tell him, like, hey, man, you know, Tuesdays, every other Tuesday is my day at this time. And then all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, I got so many customers, man. I'm going to the app. You're going to have to schedule through the app. And I noticed through the app was like, okay, you can pay, you can prepay or to reserve your spot. You had to put down a percentage to reserve your spot and what have you. Yeah, man, I was kind of like. Oh man, this is yeah. It's definitely not going like you see your bob like hey, you know he know yeah. This my he got two o'clock and I got somebody in front of you. That don't happen no more. And the people come in, he be like yo, um, download this app. And it's gonna cost you a little grip. Ain't no no, no more twenty dollar cuts. My my brother in law got indignant one time when I told him how much I paid for my haircut. He was like what? Exactly. Yeah. See, I was like bro. I this is not 1985 no more. <laughs> These barbers, you know, they doing all this stuff. They rubbing your forehead. They pimp it. They popping your pimples. They got, you get a little spray up in here, and you know, nah, bro. I be listening be, to your problems. I just need a haircut. I don't need a spa day. I do not need it's a, a spa, spa day. It's a mini spa day. <laughs> <I just> <laughs> You gotta you schedule get the hot it. Towel and all that stuff. Yeah. What happened to 
Friday, you meet this girl and she like, yo, you want to go out tomorrow? Why don't you take me out tomorrow? Then you'd be like, all right, cool. Let me run to the barbershop real quick. You can't even do that no more. Who cares for the walk-ins? You remember you used to think people that cut their own hair was either cheap or crazy? They were innovators. They were innovators. They were like, yo, like Mark said, I can't pay the five. I can't pay the five. (laughs) Yeah. Bro, come no on, more. yo. No more. Come on, yo. We need to get back to the old days of barbershop. I know there's somebody's uncle out there. I know Mr. Will or Mr. Charlie is still out there somewhere teaching the young guy. Boy, you, you can't be cutting like that. Come on over here, son. I know there's somebody sitting in their chair when somebody walk in. I got an open chair. You good? Who they who scared. cutting? Anybody open? I know it's they somebody. scheduling through an app now. Mr. Charlie got an app. You can't even get the conflict in the barbershops anymore. You used to go in and be like, yo, I was next. No, I had him next. Right, right. You can't even get that anymore. Where was that? I I just came in before you said, no, not no more. Yeah, come on, yo. Technology technology is ruining the brotherhood. It's ruining (laughs) the brotherhood. (laughs) We turned it into a sorority and not a fraternity. Where's the brotherhood? You can't walk in. And if you walk in, you're going to get the bad barber. So just be prepared. Well, I mean, sometimes you got to get the bad barber just to, you know, you be like, yo, I just need it evened up all around. The bad barber should be able to do that. Can't always do it. We should be able to do it. (laughs) So come on, yo. Who taking care of the walk-ins? Walk-ins need some love, yo. <laughs> hey, man, it's another great show. We had a lot to talk about. We went a little long today. It was a lot going on today, yeah. Lots we to gave, gave y'all a lot of information. Hey, just don't forget that the shot is starting um, mm-hmm. next week, week, actually, next week. Yep. So we'll eventually start talking about that. I know Garland is taking some time away, so we're just going to recoup and regenerate, and then we'll mm-hmm. come back. Um, I should so we'll definitely get at least do... one or two shows in. So. Yeah, and then we'll do some more of these podcasts, of course, and we will be back. So make sure you join us on yeah. all the podcast platforms. We ain't if never going to talk about Goliath, y'all, so just go ahead. Don't watch it. We never Listen, I'm going to watch Goliath. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna watch Goliath this week. I'm gonna watch how many episodes is it? Three. Three. I'm gonna watch all three episodes of Goliath this week. And next week, we're gonna talk about Wilt Chamberlain and his 10,000 yeah. women that he slept with. Garland, yo, I mean, I got, I got a grandson. I got in laws. I got my own mother. I got a wife. I got a job. And then I, I like to sleep. I'm lazy sometimes, like you know. All right, y'all. This is the you can watch, hey. the, you can watch all three episodes six times by now. I ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> we thank you all for joining us. Uh Orioles won last night. Go O's. Hope we win the day. We yeah, need to take this series against today. the Yankees. I thought the national game was Sunday night. Is it a Sunday night game? Both. They've shown the oh, Fox they got both game tonight. And I think they said it's the uh Sunday is uh ESPN. Their their first national game since 2018, their first ESPN national game ESPN since 2018. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely make sure you watch it. Ravens are coming back. So we're about to get more into sports. Fantasy football is coming up. We might talk about that also. Right. So um, again, make, make sure you continue to join us. So, hey, let me hit this outro here. And we had a good show again, Garland, man. Hey, thank you for joining us, everybody. All the you podcast like the platforms and YouTube. You have been listening to Fanboys, 
and all things black with Garland and Calvin. You ain't gonna watch Goliath. Thank you for listening. Man, I'm gonna have to cut this down because you keep yelling in my ear with these. Uh, let me cut this down because you're so loud in my ear all the time. You have listened to fanboys. <laughs> Later, man. <laughs> all right, bro. <laughs>